Good morning and welcome to the Berean Post devotional podcast, where we take a deep dive into the scriptures to find new insights and practical application for our modern lives. I'm your host, Duane, and I'm absolutely thrilled to have you with us today. Each day we'll explore a different passage from the Bible, unpacking its meaning and exploring how it can guide our lives for today. So grab your Bible, your favorite drink, and get ready for an exciting journey of discovery. And if you want to stay up to date on all of our latest podcasts and blogs, be sure to check out brilliantpost.ca. Also, join our Facebook group where we call ourselves Bright Future Bible Freaks, and we have a lot of fun there together. But right now, we're going to get started and jump right into today's devotional. Good morning and welcome to another episode of the Brian Post podcast. We have been going through the book of Colossians and we're going to continue on. We're going to be reading from Colossians chapter 2 verses 20 to chapter 3 verses 7. I'm just going to go ahead and jump right in. Paul writes, therefore, if you died with Christ from the basic principles of this world, Why, as though living in the world, do you subject yourself to regulations? Do not touch, do not taste, do not handle, which all concern things which perish with the using according to the commandments and doctrines of men. These things indeed have an appearance of wisdom in self-imposed religion, false humility, and the neglect of the body, but are of no value against the indulgence of the flesh. If then you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ is sitting at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not on things of earth, for you died and your life is hid with Christ in God. When Christ is, when Christ, who is our life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Therefore, put to death your members which are on the earth, fornication, uncleanliness, passion, evil desires, and covetousness, which is idolatry, because of these things the wrath of God is coming upon the sons of disobedience, in which you yourselves once walked when you lived in them. Honestly, I regret not paying more attention to my English classes during my school and college days. Due to my lack of prioritizing education back then, I now find myself having to catch up on proper English grammar and the use of words after many years. Now, I like to read and listen to audiobooks, and my interest in reading and appreciating the English language and words has grown over the years. With regard to the Bible, admittedly, my knowledge of the original text of the Bible is limited, so I often read English translations of those texts more slowly, paying attention to words and grammar. And I thank God for some of the modern tools that we have to aid our Bible study and for friends that can assist with difficult passages, especially those relating to the Greek or the Hebrew. So today what I want to do is I want to examine a larger portion of the text, specifically, as I said, chapter 2, 20 to verses um, uh, 3, 7, chapter 3, verse 7. Most of what I want to do is geared towards people that are new 
to the New Testament um, to help them get some, you know, basic foundations, aid them in that way. And so it may surprise those that are new to reading the Bible or just getting acquainted with the biblical text that these texts in the original languages did not have chapters, verses, or even punctuation. In the case of the Greek, while upper and lowercase letters existed, most Greek texts related to the New Testament is generally capitalized. So the Bible, Bible translators do their best to insert chapters and verses uh, to make navigating the New Testament text easier and interpreting it, uh, and you know, while they're interpreting it into um, English. So with the direct translation into English, punctuation, of course, is necessary to make sense of the text. I mention all this to make a point. The best way to read the New Testament epistles is in one sitting, ignoring the chapter divisions and trying to understand the flow of thought. So today, as we reflect on this passage, let us focus on a few particular words. Therefore, if, why, and then. When reading Paul's epistles, or any epistles for that matter, I pay close attention to these words because they're significant. The word therefore is often used as a transitional word to indicate a logical conclusion. You've heard it said, um, when you see therefore, you have to ask, what's the therefore, therefore? Okay, so the word therefore is often used as a transitional word to indicate a logical conclusion or a consequence based on previous information. When the word therefore is used to start a paragraph, um, and it signals that the upcoming context is closely related to the previous paragraph and provides a conclusion or summary of the ideas presented before. So in this way, therefore helps to connect ideas, the word therefore rather, helps to connect ideas and improve the coherence and the flow of the overall text. It can also signal to the reader, you, that the writer is presenting a solution or recommending something or coming to a conclusion. The word if is a conjunction typically um, used to introduce a condition or a hypothetical situation. In a sentence, for instance, it indicates that something is being presented as a possibility and the outcome depends on a particular condition being met. If can also be used to express uncertainty or to ask uh, um, a question indirectly for, uh, for instance, in the sentence, um, I'm not sure if I can make it to the party. The word if indicates uncertainty about attending the party. Um, but in, in another sentence, like, say, for instance, do you know if she's coming to the party? The word if is used to ask a question directly. But when Paul uses it, he's usually using it to, he's typically using it to introduce a condition or a hypothetical situation. So in Colossians uh, chapter 2 to chapter 3, uh, 7, Paul uh, chapter 2, 22 to chapter 3, verse 7, Paul uses the word therefore, if, why, and then to present a series of logical instructions to the Colossians. So let's take a look at these arguments. The first argument can be found in chapter 2, verse 22. Paul says, therefore, to draw a conclusion based on his previous arguments. And what were they? Well, he explains that because the things of the world are temporary and will eventually perish, the Colossians should not be bound 
by the religious rules and regulations that false teachers were promoting. Okay, what's his second argument? Well, in chapter 3.1, Paul uses the word if to present a hypothetical situation. He encourages, he encourages the Colossians to set their mind on things above if, the condition is if, if they've been raised with Christ. So by using the word if, Paul is implying that some Colossians may not have fully embraced their new life in Christ yet. So the third argument is this, that it can be found in chapter 3, verses 5 to 6. Here, Paul says why. And the word why is used to explain the reasoning behind his instruction. He tells the Colossians to put their earthly desires and practices to death, such as sexual immorality and greed. Why? Because these things are contrary to God's will and will lead to judgment. And then fourthly, and finally, Paul says in 3.7, Paul uses the word then to indicate the consequence of following his instructions. He says, what, um, he says, what that, oh, sorry, rather, he says that when the Colossians put off their old selves and put on the new selves, which is being renewed in the knowledge after the image of, of its creator, then they will experience the fullness of the life in Christ. All right. So although today's blog was a little less devotional, I felt it was necessary um, to know that, to, to really present something so that we can, I felt it was necessary that understanding the flow of thought and paying attention to key words such as therefore, if, why, and then can significantly aid in comprehending biblical texts. So as a student of God's word, Attempt to read the New Testament epistles in one sitting, ignoring chapter divisions and seeking to understand what's actually being said in the flow of thought. Thank you for tuning in to this edition of the Brian Post podcast. I hope you've enjoyed our discussion and it's brought you some encouragement and insight. Hey, if you want to stay up to date with all of our latest blogs, posts, and podcast episodes, be sure to visit brianpost.ca and subscribe. Don't forget to share our website with your friends who might need some inspiration or motivation. You can also join our community of bright future Bible freaks on Facebook. Until next time, may peace and blessings abound in your home.